0: Hello everybody, FPL teacher here Bringing you yet another thought exercise As Brighton's Graham Potter now moves to Chelsea With Chelsea also having a huge ownership percentage For the likes of Reese James, Mason Mount and Cole Well, here we delve into what Graham Potter can potentially implement in this Chelsea side, who the stars have been for the Blues so far, and what potential we can find by marrying the two together. Chelsea's attack has been extremely unflattering under Thomas Tuchel simply because of the control that Tuchel attempts to wrestle upon games. The transitions the zones in which the ball is being played, and even in some sense, the extreme prioritisation on rest defence for Chelsea used to be a thing with Tuchel and they were willing to sacrifice attacking potential for those small moments where Chelsea could play these short 1-2 wall passes in order to penetrate opposition back lines. Tuchel had experimented with various fluid formations and this set the foundation now for Graham Potter to implement something equally fluid but in different areas. The difference between Tuchel and Potter was that Tuchel wanted his most fluid players as far up the pitch because in theory there was the most space. But for Potter, he chooses where he wants the fluid space to be. He demonstrated with his box formation Using Brighton in game weeks 1 to 4, while in game weeks 5 to 6, most recently, the box shifted forward, sometimes appearing as a diamond. So the question comes down to number one, will this box type of behavior be sustainable in Chelsea? And secondly, will this benefit the wide players? Because that is exactly how Potter sets his side up to beat teams that were either better than them in terms of player quality or more established. The Champions League game against Salzburg showed that the wing, back, the wing backs pressed up extremely high while Sterling himself on paper labelled as a wing back was essentially a left forward as how Trossard sometimes also operated as a left forward pressing down opposition fullbacks. A lot of Potter's upcoming decision in opening stages of his tenure here really rely on how he handles the narrative that surrounds Chelsea as well as his own prestige. If he chooses to play like the underdog, as Brighton are usually labelled, then Chelsea will definitely have a more flexible, fluid formation as we have seen against Salzburg, with Mountain Kai playing as the free-roaming number 10s that operated in their box formation, while Sterling shunted out to the left side looked really advanced, but definitely we know that it's not his best position. On the other hand, we can say that Chelsea can play imperiously like a team that deserves to challenge for the title and Potter can implement a stable plan A in order to bring out the best attacking talents of his side. If you look at the entire squad, only Mason Mount has the capability of doing so-called Pascal Grob things while everyone else had very specified roles. These very roles will shape our FPL discussions and thoughts coming up next. For FPL purposes, what is important to visualize is that Graham Potter, no matter what formation he plays, always prioritizes this connection between wide player and half space. So it's either you go left wing to right half space, which is the trossard grob connection, or you go right wing to left half space, which is what Solly March did for Adam Lallana when he was still part of the Brighton starting 11. In this particular case, again on paper, Raheem Sterling on the left flank should benefit either Obama Yang who tends to drift to the far post or he would benefit Kai Harvard, who is himself a far post floating merchant where he thrives on drifting crosses that hang in mid-air so that Kai himself can also hang in mid-air to finish. The alternative is that Rhys James can potentially cross for the players operating in the left half space. Now Aubameyang can definitely operate on both left and right half spaces, but the late runner would be Mason Mount. Personally, I'm more excited about this James-Mount connection because of their upcoming opponents, which I will talk about right now. Palace, Wolves, Villa, Brentford. The commonality between these four sides are that their back four will choose to employ a narrow defense. Well, Brentford aside, who now favor a 3-5-2, their defense is still relatively narrow with their three central midfielders and this favors Chelsea's wide operators. So what we're going to do now is put Raheem Sterling and Rhys James under the spotlight and as it stands, Rhys James is the bigger starlet according to the upcoming four fixtures. First and foremost, Palace's left flank will be defended by Wilfred Zaha. So it's more likely than not, Reese James will have a field day, at least in terms of influence. Secondly, Villa's narrow formation, especially with Lucas Dean potentially injured, will also bring the Chelsea Starlet into play. As for Wolves, we know that Gonzalo Cueres does not defend that left flank. He's still adjusting to life in the Premier League. So Rayon Aynuri, might be outnumbered if James ventures forward. And lastly, with Brentford's new plan, it's very likely that Brentford will attempt to take the game to Chelsea, especially at home. And that means Rico Henry is going to be pushing all the way up alongside Ivan Tony, which sets the stage for Rhys James to take advantage. So a quick word here on Raheem Sterling's potential because he is a quote-unquote left wing back that behaves essentially as a second striker In theory next to Aubameyang. Sterling's late runs will no doubt be a factor so it's important to look out for his potential on whether Potter attempts to use him as a second forward or will he remain wide playing the Leandro Trossard role. At this stage we all definitely prefer the second striker Trossard that was extremely advanced in Potter's 3-5-2 last season and in all honesty we're just hoping that Raheem Sterling will continue to fulfill his potential as he has done so far from Game Weeks 1 to 8. Now let's talk Chelsea's defensive potential because Brighton under Potter simply do not keep teams out by dominating them and instead just they just manage game state similar to how Eric Ten Hag does it but with a less obvious system. First and foremost, Potter has to address the goalkeeping situation because David Sanchez for Brighton is an extremely different player compared to Mendy and or Sanchez's role for this Brighton side aims to work with his centre-backs positionally to play the ball out from the back so that they can establish dominance in certain areas at the back. but. Mendy and Kepa's passing range both have been subpar thus far. It's nice to see that Tuco, uh, sorry Potter attempted to play Kepa against Salzburg here because it's an indication that Kepa's passing ability, at the very least, is a lot better than Eduard Mendy's. Now, the reason I'm talking about the opening phases of possession instead of defensive actions is because Potter, at least any new manager, the moment they want to implement a new philosophy at the club, they have to choose the phase of the game that they have the most control over which is when they play the ball out from goal kicks. Brighton's opening stages involve the three defensive players working with the goalkeeper to look for openings in terms of passing angles and it is here that the central midfielders Mason Mount and Mateo Kovacic where they started against Dinamo Zagreb have the most influence in terms of where they want to influence the game. Now we have to assume here that Mount and Kovacic are going to replicate the McAllister and Moises Casado roles, which means that, excitingly, either player can move forward and bomb into the edge of the box. But as it stands, that connection between defence and midfield is what Porter is working on. Because without that connection between the back four, and the midfield too. I say back four because I include the goalkeeper here. Without that connection, Chelsea will never have a stranglehold on the game to be to play like an established top three team challenging for the title. Now, further forward, this means that it will unlock the potential of the quote-unquote Trossa and March positions that I explained earlier. But at this stage, it's important to understand that Mount and Kovacic both have to take up risk-free positions. So we can assume that Mount and Kovacic might not even venture forward in the early stages. Instead, trying to encourage Sterling and Kai Havertz to come in narrow, just so that this box formation will persist. Lastly, a word on Potter's excellent game management strategy. He's shown so far that he can anticipate the substitutions his opponents make, at least in the Premier League. So, right now, with only Champions League data, it's difficult to work out what Potter will do in the second half of games. But, good news here, is that he has the likes of Jorginho at his disposal, waiting on the wings, in case he needs to control the game while leading. What we are most interested in In terms of FPL, is what he does in order to hit teams on the counter. So that is definitely something worth looking out for. It is about time Graham Potter got a job he so deserves. His game management skills, his player growth skills has certainly given him the reputation he deserves so far. And honestly, it's really exciting to see that the likes of Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, Matteo Kovacic are all still in their mid-20s and they have the capability to step up a gear and gain a new dimension to their repertoire of already intelligent positioning and shooting. So we wait for bated breath to see what Chelsea can cook up next. And in the meantime, follow for the next review of yet another London team, Fulham.